he regarded me with some suspicion anyway because the year before I'd asked him if it would be possible for a man to swallow a cat uh, under the right circumstances. Welcome to Midnight Video 33 and a third with your hosts, me Jim Hall and me Phil Walsh. Tonight we follow Christopher Walken into the dead zone. So yeah. Not quite a show, just midnight video 33 and a third, a little extra something, because last show we covered other bits and pieces. Well, it's a little how's your father, isn't it? It's a little birthday treat. It's a bit of leftover birthday cake. <laughs> the icing's a little harder. Actually, yeah, I had no birthday cake this year, because <laughs> I foolishly told my wife that I don't really like birthday cakes. Um, you don't like rich fruit, do you? No, I don't like icing? any of that. Mm, not a big fan. Marzipan? Yeah, I like marzipan. Candles? Yeah. Don't know about candles. I know William Defoe likes candles. I've seen Body of Evidence. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I think that did the trick. <laughs> but yeah, what we're doing here is well, after our birthday special, you know, we're going to get a, a little bit rowdy on our birthday. We had a bit of space left over, thirty-three and a third vinyl. It's a yeah, nice little. We got con. a little hidden track. On this the is the track. This is like the. This is what Black Sabbath wanted to do. <laughs> you can play it backwards, and it might. Tell you to sound do better else. than what we're actually <laughs> doing. Yeah. But yeah, just one review for this, uh, which is Dead Zone by David Cronenberg. It was the winner of our David Cronenberg Listener's Choice vote a couple of weeks back. Um, just a reminder in case, um, in case you've forgotten, uh, our next vote is for John Carpenter. So anything was it? except for the thing. Yeah, just it, j- just goes to Mars. That's that's fine for that's me. That's all. <laughs> Iced tea. You're you're subtly uh, putting tea. that little. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll drink iced tea whilst watching Ice Cube. Sorry. In, no, it's vanilla rice. <laughs> it's not vanilla. <laughs> no, it's Jason Statham. <laughs> Easily confused. Ice, ice, baby. <laughs> <laughs> After all I'd done, that that's what I get. Eight lousy steps. I counted ten. I'd really like to see you do some serious chugging. After colliding with a jackknifed milk lorry, schoolteacher Christopher Walken falls into a five-year coma. He awakes to find his girlfriend has moved on, that he's gained second sight, and that his terrible bowl haircut has been replaced by something far more outlandish. But are his new powers a gift or a curse? The listeners went out, basically. There was no, well, no we video did drum because we said we can't have that. There's no fly. You can't have that either. No flies on us. So what, what did they go for? The Dead Zone. <laughs> the Dead Zone. Well, The Dead Zone because there's the TV spin-off as well, isn't there? Oh, right. With okay. which I'm not familiar. Well, this happens I, I, um, a lot with King's adaptations, isn't it? What, he makes some more money out of them. <laughs> 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 yes, thank you to everyone who voted for this. Um, it really... This is one of the great things with the listener vote. You don't... You, you, I don't know. With Cronenberg, did you have something you thought was going to win? Uh not that you hoped, but you just thought, ah, oh, yeah, everyone's going to go for... Because yeah, I, well, I thought it was going to be, like, Crash or something. I thought Crash or Naked Lunch. Yeah, or maybe even, like, Scanners or something. I didn't think it was going to be Dead Zone, but there was a not lot of love for it, and I'm not sure if... Because it is one of his lesser-known ones. I mean, it's something that I I don't think gets covered that often. Um, and, yeah, I guess it is a kind of... Um, 
I'm not sure what the word would be. It's, it's kind a of blip be- on the uh, <laughs> filmography. Okay. Well, no, it comes between Cronenberg's. No, I don't mean in a bad way. I yeah. mean, it, it doesn't stand out. It's more like Spider. Or, it, it's easy uh, to overlook. Yeah. 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 Um, but for Cronenberg's filmography, yeah, it comes after all those big films like Scanners and The Brood, and then he gets a bit more serious. Um, and yeah, I think someone, it may have been Phil McGee, said this was his first mature. Piece. Apologies if it wasn't new, Phil, uh, or who to whoever it was. But um, yeah, I'd seen this about twenty years ago, and you said last show that you'd only watched the first ten minutes of it. So this yeah. is a whole new experience for you. Yeah, this time I watched it, and I watched it with my wife, who fell asleep after ten minutes for five years. Well, I want to know what you mean. What did I think? Um, like I said, I watched it about twenty odd years ago, and I remember being really knocked out by the twist at the ending I thought I couldn't believe anyone had come up with something that clever and now watching it you're thinking it's not that amazing a twist <laughs> at the end I'm not going to tell people what it is even though I think lots of people have seen it mm. but it um, actually it's odd you know this has only just occurred to me last show we reviewed that comic by Jason why are you doing this where they'd really pared down the storytelling to the bare bones of it this is almost a bit like that where they'd come up with I'm guessing and I've not read the Stephen King book but it seemed like they'd come up with that ending and then it was more what was impressive was how things built yeah working backwards so that as you're watching it forwards if that's if this makes sense yeah yeah everything looks really elegant you know Mm. but actually the ending is and I don't mean this to demean either of them but it seemed like a particularly good Twilight Zone episode you know it's built around this twist ending rather than for me I'm not sure if this is something you'd really demand from a horror film, you know, certainly not a Stephen King one. It didn't feel like it had enlightened you at all, and maybe my expectations, because it's Cronenberg, something like The Fly, which, even though we said we weren't going to review it, it's possible we may end up kind of half doing that now. It's great, because that is a great, gory horror movie, and, you know, I was around when it came out, and the effects were absolutely amazing, but it, by the end of it, you felt you've learned something about people, or you've, you've been reminded of something. This only really matters if you happen to wake up with second sight. Um, there's, it sounds like I'm, you know, um, dumping on it, but I, I, you know, I, I did really like it. But I think the thing that most impressed me was how, again, how simple the storytelling is in it. Yeah, there wasn't flab, and that again <coughs> reminded me of the fly in that they even have kind of a very similar end shot. Um, it feels like mm. it just really gets on with the storytelling, even though it is you could have done it in less time although that's not really the point of it you know but it doesn't feel like there's anything here that's I, I was never bored by it really no <laughs> no I wasn't I was I had, uh, I had quite a few issues with this film come on <laughs> to be honest I'm, I'm not really I'm not one for getting down on films as I mean if you listen to this show I try to see the positive and everything but I was really disillusioned with this like the whole thing felt ridiculously flabby for me um there were great swathes of sections that just didn't seem to be bear any relevance to anything um that was going on in the story the whole serial killer um segment which is kind of important because you need to know how this character is and where he's going um because um Walken has gained yeah. second sight yeah. and he he feels the need he has to help uh, a sheriff's department who are hunting for a serial killer and 
it just felt so redundant it didn't make sense to me and that's the main thing though like these characters were just the beauty of Cronenberg's early films are that they're usually uh, amazingly crafted visually and they're very pared down scripts and the people acting are capable at most in the in his at early most. films in his oh, early sorry, films yeah, yeah. Like, I mean stuff like uh, Rabbit Scanners yeah. but yeah with this I, I mean I can understand why all those years ago I fell asleep in the first 10 minutes I, I found it really dull like the whole film just felt very plodding I was waiting for Sheen to come in and bolster the situation um, you didn't need any of that uh, serial killer malarkey any of the local stuff just seemed redundant it just seemed pointless I wanted to have more of Martin Sheen being that nasty bastard senator about um, more of the sort of um, McGowan in Scanners character or you know he has these sort of recurring characters throughout all of his yeah, movies yeah because I guess it, like Herbert Lom here is yeah know, and it just it falls flat f- like feels a similar kind of role yeah, but he's it? just totally like he's so separate he just sort of comes in when he needs to says a few lines which reminds Walken of what he what path he has to go on it just falls really flat the whole thing it feels really long really bloated really boring soundtrack as well the score is just like so perfunctory um uh, direction wise it is probably the worst directive film i've seen cronenberg do i think uh, it just doesn't make much sense to me what he's aiming for here maybe he'll spend i don't know like four hundred dollars getting three people out watching a bus go past and not really like doing anything for the story um it just felt so hodgepodge the whole thing was a glimmer free matt barnett will enjoy the fact that i say that um i was really disappointed i thought walken was one of the weakest films i've seen him in and the weakest performances and his girlfriend stroke yeah Yeah. was just she has the dullest voice the dullest voice you know if you could get any more unrealistically talking about how I feel and I really love you after all this time because you know we're not going to have sex after this because it's just a one off chance no I'm sorry I think this was a really poor film listeners have never heard you like this before, <laughs> yeah. even for Jonathan Livingston's yeah, d- even for David Cronenberg's Jonathan Livingston I'm, I'm saddened it's, it's by far the worst Cronenberg I've ever seen gosh well I've got to say um, I agree with some of that I mean it's, it's difficult having one <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it's difficult after watching those early Cronenbergs when he really Got his, uh, he, he wasn't quite as a, he wasn't accomplished, but he really had his own style. This, if I didn't know it's Cronenberg, I wouldn't have known it. No. Um, but I did enjoy it. Like I say, I mean, um, it's it's got a Twilight Zone feel to it. There's there's nothing more to it than that. It's it's kind of a well well told, twist in the tale kind of story. But yeah, I mean, and like I say, I wasn't actually bored in the hour and three quarters it was going on but I, I do agree with you that it did um, kind of what I was saying earlier you've got the ending then it seems like everything else is building up because I have to describe to the audience what his powers are and what they aren't mm. how things you know um, and that in the, itself the thing with his is girlfriend quite... is kind of pertinent to how it gets to the end you know this big 
big finale to it. But it doesn't it, work though. The, this the whole the whole premise of the film falls down on the fact that he has to touch someone to get yeah. to know. So he has sex with this woman, yeah. and he doesn't foresee what's going to happen. Maybe he shakes. He shakes the hand of. Uh, a child's father yeah. who is quite important to the scene. There's nothing taken there. You yeah. know, the, there's these very like the, well, the we can logic we can, doesn't quite pull it. You know, yeah, and yeah. the thing is, I watched before I watched this uh, film, I watched an interview with Cronenberg, Martin Sheen, and Walken. Uh, no, oh, the, the producer Deborah, Deborah Hill. Hill. Yeah, and Cronenberg spent a good two minutes talking about how you need to get into that universe and if you the audience believes in that and like I totally agree with that I do that with all of his films apart from this because you know there's no universe to be brought into there he's playing with he's playing with reality too much to yeah. the fact that there's a th- set it's of not rules working he has to out yeah it takes the, the whole film to establish them. and they don't and, the, and he doesn't establish and them properly yeah yeah um, no, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than you did. <laughs> I do like the wintry setting, for instance. It sounds like sort of a throwaway aesthetic thing, but I thought no, that was no, great. No. The idea that with the serial killer, he's there on the gazebo with the killer, and he's it's kind of traumatizing him because in his mind, even though he knows that it's it's kind of an illusion to him, you know, he feels he's physically there, you know. And that kind of reminded me of things like Inception, but less showy, you know. Like I say, there's that whole thing. I was surprised to see Tom Skerritt in the cast list at the yeah. beginning because I, I had no memory of him from all those years back. And indeed, he kind of turns up, and like I say, that whole series sequence with the serial killer is a very taking the long way around to describing how these powers work. You know, it's exposition, but really, it goes on for a while. It's like a Stephen I, King book. Well, yeah, this is a thing that he's often criticised for, you know, the age of the word processor. He takes, uh, there's not a lot of... Um, it's cool to the say houses. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not going to say he doesn't do any editing, but I think he's quite um, luxurious. <laughs> he sort of, uh, he's not going to try and tell a story shorter than he can. I, mm. I'm amazed that Cronenberg decided to keep that in. Yeah. Because well, I'm that, thinking he had the hub, upper hand here yeah. and... He he, it just doesn't seem like a Cronenberg film to me. And the fact that Martin Sheen comes in at like the last, literally the last forty-five minutes. Or again, my memories of him were being there throughout. Yeah. But then again, I was thinking of it in t- story terms. Once he appears, because that yeah, there's this thing he has to touch hands with people to see the kind of the future or the, mm. some world with them connected to death. Yeah. Initially, they go to shake hands, but he gives him a campaign badge or button, as they say in yes, America, yeah. and. Uh, you know that you just think, yeah, you can't really, you can't have them shaking hands any earlier than this, else it's the end of the film already. You know, it's true, but he didn't have to shake hands with him at all. It's like he's a stranger in the house. He's just like, yeah, it just doesn't work. The logic. Cronenberg's films are always tight. They're just, it, this film just feels so loose. Did the idea appeal to you at all? No, not particularly. No, no. I think this is. Have you read? Um, uh, Making History by Stephen Fry. Yeah, yeah. I, I did kind of. Um, Which he wrote many years later, but oh, he did. I mean, it's, quite it's an old idea. But no, mm. I was, I was when I was watching this last night, Dead Zone. I was thinking of Making History because okay. there is all that paradox of how seriously do you want to take time travel and change in the future? Yeah, because there, there, there is. Um, there's the sequence when Walken's talking to Herbert Lom's character about would you kill Hitler? You know, it's one of those things where if you're going to do, I'm never very drawn to time travel things because. The nerd that I am, I'm always thinking there's more going on than just mm. if you do A, B won't happen, that kind of thing. 
there are so many knock-ons and then I always get bored by all the kind of the tangle of it you know um, I don't know I, I enjoyed this just as a little twist in the tail kind of thing you know yeah. it could have been a bit shorter and as I've said at some length yet yeah, looking at it possibly because we we knew we were going to review it you're probably looking at it a bit more critically but yeah you are looking at how it's set up and thinking you could have done this in a less obvious way because it does it's not as obvious exposition as just two characters talking to each other, but everything that happens up to the last 20 minutes is just establishing how things are supposed to work. I think in that world. You, you've got to really side with Walken like, throughout the whole thing. You've got to feel sorry for him, the, like, the, the idea he's just come out with this coma for five years. I never really gleaned that, to be honest. I mean, Walken, he can do, he can do his roles that he's done, like certain ones, very well, but in this, he just didn't get. I didn't like click no, with that they, at they, all. They could have put a bit more stress on that because I thought the clumsiest thing were his his mother. Yeah, oh, she was the, like a very. But you have to have the Stephen King character of like the crazy Jesus freak. <laughs> yes, oh, yes. <laughs> is it in the mist? It's the one yeah, who's not Gina Tribble. Gay Morrissey Harden. Yeah, that, 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 the whole reason of him being in the coma for five years is so he can lose his girlfriend. You know, and it seems like there should be a bit more to it than that. Mm. I don't know, I'm possibly doing it a disservice because I've not read the Stephen King book, but I'm not assuming there's more to it. I've no idea, I've not read it. I'm, no. I'll, I'll probably never read it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you really didn't like Walken? I'd rather watch uh, View to a Kill. Even if it had been Bowie as Max Lauren? Especially. I am I am going to say I, I enjoyed Walken in this because I, you so rarely see him as the leading guy unless he's playing a psycho. And okay, he's not quite the ticket here, but it's quite... My memory of reading Stephen King when I was younger is his heroes are usually pretty bland. You don't get much sense of them. Whereas here it's a guy who's been screwed over. Okay, visually they just represent it by his bowl haircut becoming this sort of extraordinary trapper's hat that kind of hairstyle we're familiar with David Jones with, uh, David, yeah, David, David Crockett, Crockett wasn't not it? David, David Jones, Jones. <laughs> so I'm thinking of uh, the but, gig next week yeah but um, no I thought Walken's great and it was it really reminded me you, you wish Hollywood had leading guys like that more it, it's always that famous thing of um, he, he was in the running to play Han Solo you're wondering how that would have changed things totally yeah and also like Cronenberg was attached to do a Total Recall originally I mean, um, I just saw the trailer for the for new the one. Colm, mm. um, Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell one. I think one of the criticisms of Total Recall when it came out, as enjoyable as it is, is that Arnold Schwarzenegger is no way a Philip K. Dick hero. He's a Superman. That's why it's so good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I could imagine Walken doing that kind of role. I could imagine him as the leading uh, Philip K. Dick kind of uh, hero. Yeah, I've, I've no. The thing is, I haven't got any problem with the casting of uh, Walken in this. I think. I just think it's really poorly directed, to be honest. Actually, poorly or just nothing special? That's poor because, you mm, know, right. for what he's done before and what he's yeah. done after, it, it, it's quite a standout for me. Because, yeah, um, this was sandwiched between video drum and the... F <laughs> that speaks what, for itself. What does that say? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, certainly Martin Sheen... It's, it's one of those classic things when you're more interested in the, the villain. Yeah, who's, like, criminally underused. I mean, yeah. he should, like, yeah, get rid of that whole ridiculous unnecessary serial killer plot which did nothing really nothing at all to elevate or propel the narrative just get him in earlier on make him even worse than he is because that felt very sandwiched that there's a moment where he's like bribing someone in the, oh, yes. the press yeah you know you knew he was a slimy character but you needed i needed more emphasis on that i needed more of sheen i needed him to <laughs> he needed he was the counterbalance 
to uh, Walken, and Walken is just this very light. He's you know the way he accepted that his um, girlfriend had gone on, moved on, and stuff. He it was all very light the way he took it, and th that didn't really. I didn't have an opposition to that, and it just didn't come across. You like Sheen? I like Sheen in this. Yeah. Uh, have you looked into the TV version at all? TV series? We've no. ran for several series. <laughs> seasons. Uh, do you know who plays Senator Greg in that? Uh, Amelia Estevez. No, that would have been great. Charlie Sheen. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh, what's his chops? Um, Julius Harris. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was clinking my fingers together. Who's the guy from the Warriors? Patrick. Oh, Sean Patrick Kelly. Yes. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a winner. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not going to sit through the Dead Zone Sean TV. Patrick, I think that's right, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to sit through the Dead Zone series, but I was fascinated <laughs> that I kind of kept that thread going and going mm. and going. I think that's sort of, I think most But that's what I'd rather have out of yeah. it. I think that's way more interesting than, I just think it's so poorly plotted and thought out and perfunctorily directed. It's not, it's, yeah, I, I renege on what I said before. It's not a bad film by any stretch of the imagination. It's competently put together, it works, It's it delivers on certain levels but I think when you compare it to all of the people involved to what they've done before and after then it's it's pretty poor you're a little bit disappointed in Walken in this prime Walken for you I don't know he's done that terrible thing where his cameos have sort of outweighed his um, his uh Central his characters, starring, yeah. Even his Fat Boy Slim video, isn't that? Yeah, well. I, I mean, it's not so much him, but him and Hopper together in True Romance. It really is. A, it's a cliche to say it, but it is one of the best things in cinema. Uh, I mean, really, it, it is fantastic. The, the 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 sheer audacity of his role. I mean, it it is amazing. It's very very impressive. Yeah. No, I I watched True Romance in Washington when it came out, and. Oh, um, the audience, the audience were really into it. It didn't have a reputation that it just opened. I don't think even Tarantino was that big because it was America. It was before Pulp Fiction. That's Tony Scott. Come yeah. on. <laughs> um, but no, I remember watching that, and that scene, there were titters to begin with, and then as it went on, just the atmosphere in the auditorium got very uncomfortable. <laughs> and when it was really going on, everyone knows the scene. Um, it got to the end when Hopper was really winding up for that the Sicilian's origins. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And eventually a guy from behind me just shouted, This ain't funny no more <laughs> I was ducking in my seat, it was terrifying. But that's it, man. That's that that is like you don't have any moments like that in the dead zone, do you? What if I don't make a deal, Stilson? You make a deal. Otherwise I'll have my friend Sonny take your goddamn head off. Okay, thanks for tuning in. That was a surprise. I'd never thought you were gonna be that negative. Yeah, I think Jonathan Livingston <laughs> has that been deposed now from his his rock. No, no, no. I mean, no. Jonathan Livingston Seagull's inept. This isn't inept. It's just a film I really don't like. Okay, well, uh, on the next show, winner of the Werner Herzog vote. But do get your votes in for your choice of John Carpenter, but not the thing. Go some more, please. Go. <laughs> really. <is there? laughs> After the trashing you just gave Dead Zone, oh, I think. <laughs> it may be your birthday, but nobody's going to be giving you any love after that. <laughs> so, yeah, do get in touch with us at midnightvideo at hotmail.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at midnightvideo. Cool. And Facebook, yep. Midnight Video, do a little search. Or our website, midnight-video.com. 
and subscribe through iTunes if you're not already. And if oh, you don't like please. iTunes, I have set up a RSS feed yeah. on the uh, on the uh, blog website. Okay, so that was show thirty-three and a third. It's very late now, actually. Jesus, it's eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> it really it, is midnight real. video. <laughs> We're hoping because it's Easter Sunday. We're hoping the buses are running. Okay. I've got no idea. Yeah, we could be wandering <laughs> the streets. Hopefully, I'll run into a big mill lorry. Yes. Go to sleep for five years. Wake up and. It's no good crying over spilt milk. <laughs> good night. Oh yeah. Bye. <laughs> The truth is I've done uh, jobs and come to the uh, to the end of them without having actually read the script.